My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays. This is Mike Thunderwing. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, tonight we will be discussing a, an, a comic book annual, uh, Optimus Prime Annual 2018, uh, titled Starscream the Movie. And uh, basically what, what happens in this comic is uh, Thundercracker is approached by Starscream to make a biopic about his life. And uh, with me tonight to discuss this are... Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. I am here, and I am Derek, and I am here saying I am here on the podcast being here. What's up? Hey, this is Justin. Nice. So, yeah, this is, you know, this is kind of... uh... It, it this kind of happened like in you know the the uh, ending days of IDW 1.0 continuity uh, this this annual and you know it's kind of it's not really a plot advancing annual but it's just you know John Barber having like you no know, fun with one of his favorite characters and uh, yeah it was published in February 28th 2018 uh, written by John Barber art by uh, Priscilla Tramontano and Andrew Griffith uh, colors by John Paul Beauvais and Josh Burcham uh, letters by Sean Lee um, and yeah so th- this is basically just I'm not gonna this you know the wiki has a whole huge long long ass detailed summary for it but I don't feel like reading that so I'm, I will just basically give a quick rundown of what happens in this issue like I said uh, Starscream you know as a like you know public relations type thing he wants Thundercracker who is a aspiring filmmaker to make a biopic about his life. And, uh, you know, Thundercracker's uh, ambition and enthusiasm are, you know, a li- like a little greater than his actual talent and skill at making, like in writing uh, screenplays or making movies in general. So things pan out to hilarious results, I'd say. And uh, basically, uh, by the time they get the movie off the ground, like Starscream's already been ousted from power. But Thundercracker, like, releases the movie anyway because he thinks, you know, he's, like, it'll withstand the test of time. And uh, Starscream actually tries to get the movie stopped uh, or, you know, he sends people to kill Thundercracker and they fail. And basically uh, Thundercracker tries to get it distributed on Earth. But uh, basically uh, the people of Earth, having gone through multiple, you know, Decepticon invasions, don't really... uh, I guess it's not the right uh, tone for that public, but uh, eventually, at, in, in the end, uh, Thundercracker gets like his big break when uh, the the IDW uh, Earth's version of George Lucas calls him and sees potential like in his movie, and 
that's pretty much how it ends. And like, I'm skipping a whole lot of shit, shit. And like, you know, I, I just did a basic like blow by blow of what happened, but yeah, like this, um, came out during like, you know, in the middle of like a lot of important stuff going on in both like Optimus prime and lost light. And, you know, it's obviously like thundercracker is probably like my favorite character that John Barber wrote. And this is like another like sort of spotlight for him. And, you know, ever since he, he started living on Earth, like his his love of Earth culture, his his attempts to be a screenwriter, like I think it all makes for great comedy. Like I relate to it. I mean, him having his little dog Buster, like, uh, I, I, you know, and anytime you give like a character a pet or something, uh, something small and innocent to protect, like the child you know, like it, it tends to endear the audience to them. And like, that's why I think like Thundercracker is kind of like John Barber's like breakout character. And, uh, like, yeah. So like, I, I mean, I really like this issue, but like what, in what context, like, did you guys like first read this? Like, did you read it when it came out? Did you read it when, like, I know Derek, like you had to go back and reread or read like a bunch of this stuff, like en masse, like, like uh, when did you first read this I, I basically this was part of a gigantic binge read, so it's 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 interesting to get a chance to look at this in isolation. But this to me was was one of many many issues that I sort of read in an effort to catch up in time for the the, the final Unicron miniseries. But I mean, I, I I do recall the you know reading it, you know, but that was back when we did that podcast on the 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 unicron and kind of idw state of the union in general like right around that time was when i first read uh this optimus prime annual because basically i was i pretty much read you know the entire run of optimus prime like you know kind of as a binge so this was this was part of that binge what about you justin did you read this when it first came out yep (laughs) i i really liked it too like i was trying to remember like you know when we did that big idw wrap up like i was trying to think did we talk about this on that but i don't i don't remember us discussing it but like i i really like this angle like i love the humor in it i love the fact that got a decepticon trying to make a movie about someone he clearly has like past issues with and it's kind of he's going around getting different points of view from people like that he's fought in war with and they all kind of get him their perspective, which is different from his, and which is different from Starscream, and then just the, 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 the whole sense of humor in it. Like to me, there's like a science fiction trope of like an alien civilization trying to understand Earth culture and getting it wrong. I real I always like that on Babylon Five. Like Babylon Five would usually do something like that, and it would be something kind of simple, like seem like. I think Wando confused ducks with cats, and it led to, like, some some funny stuff. And then I think, like, Delyn was confused about the phrase butt, like, I'm going to kick your butt or something, and she thought, like, it meant something else, and she was like, you know, I butt, you butts, he or she butts, and Captain Sheridan was like, no, no, don't say that. You're going to, like, embarrass yourself. But just, like, alien... Uh, civilizations like looking at earth culture and trying to figure out stuff that's like perfectly 
you know, normal and make sense to us. Like they can't make sense of it. Like I always thought that was like an interesting concept. Because, you know, even if you are speaking the same language, you know, you're gonna you're, there's gonna be some differences, especially like in like references and stuff and just you know i was just gonna say that i do like how he does like thundercracker sometimes doesn't like can't differentiate what what is real like in like real life and what in movies like yeah like the whole what, like how come you guys don't grow giant when you get hit by atomic radiation <laughs> yeah like ants and lizards do yeah, like, <laughs> like to him like i mean that's you know that's the movie film but you know, to him, like, that movie was like a documentary, I guess. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Fairborn is like, what are you talking about? She's so like, confused. She's like, I don't have time for this stuff. But um, I also love how it's like, it's the dialogue. Like, I, I, I love that first page of Starscream, the movie. Like, the dialogue, of, you know, Derek kind of jokes about it. It's so, like, cheesy and um, self-serving. But I also love, like, there's that panel of, like, Pactor for Magnus and Ironhide to, yeah. like, stop the crap out of somebody. But then, it's, like, it's, it's what, Scrounge. Like, poor what, Scrounge. Uh, what got me is, like, Ironhide's dialogue. He's like, y'all, I do declare I'm fixing for a beatdown. Lost it. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, because it's funny because you're like you're like sitting there like if you actually had to do it, he's like, "Y'all, I do declare I'm fixing for a beatdown." Like it doesn't even it doesn't even go together. Like, <laughs> I like yeah. and like Ironhide doesn't even have a like Southern accent really. If you like in his like dialogue at least like in the IDW universe, so it's like it's right, but it's also like terribly like wrong. I actually did a little extra research for this this show i i went and read gi joe cobra because i wanted to like oh, oh yeah, like, okay I, I had I, never read that before and i wanted to know like okay. how far off like thundercracker was from what actually like happens in that story <laughs> right right yeah that's the i mean that's i i mean i will say like that's one of those i i i was not i i mean i probably broken record at this point but but I you know I'm I'm not a huge fan of what IDW has done with GI Joe but but that first GI Joe Cobra miniseries I thought was one of the more excellent miniseries like I would I would always point to that as something that was really good so it's kind of it, it's kind of fun and then it's also kind of like you know like almost pull your hair out bad you know <laughs> like the dialogue and all that other stuff like like it sort of you you say how wrong he gets it but it's like. I, I I think I, it's it's funny that like I I don't know like there there's there's a certain you know that the humor comes in that he thinks it's awesome like he he, he it, it's kind of funny because it's like I suppose you could I mean any struggling artist could relate to what Thundercracker is going through but then there's the added layer of like it'd be like if you were a struggling american artist in japan and you just got everything all wrong but you think it's like the most bitchin japanese samurai tokusatsu that's ever been written or something but you you're just way off like you your your dialogue is kind of stilted and it does you know you, your honorifics are all wrong and 
you know, just, just everything is sort of out of whack or whatever. But I guess that's that's pretty much the humor because you're like, you know, he's kind of sitting there after he goes through that whole thing and he's kind of like, I nailed it. Like, that was that Yeah, was this, awesome. this must have been exactly what it was like. Like, And I, I like how it's so, like, Hollywooded up, like, where Chuckles, like... You know, he, he apparently Chuckles saves the entire world by blowing up those missiles, where in, like, the actual miniseries, he just kind of blows up one Cobra, like, ammo depot, and it doesn't even matter. Like, oh. like I, 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 I did like that miniseries. Like, I think, like, I remember you saying it was, like, one of Mike Costa's, like, good, like, things. Yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, it, it was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go to bat for it. Like, I, I thought it was really good. Like, the, the, the this annual i think is you know it's fun i mean i think i think when you suggested it and when i was revisiting this i guess focusing on the stuff that i i enjoy like i i agree with you that i think the the way they developed thundercracker in this entire universe was well done like it's it's something that usually brings a smile to your face like even you know, not, not, you know, I, I know you mentioned like it's an easy go to where you, you know, you have Buster, right? As, you know, uh, a cute kind of character that endears you to Thundercracker. And you're not wrong, but I mean, I think I even enjoyed like being like a, you know, I guess a self professed season three mark. You know, I enjoyed his relationship with Marissa Fairborn. You know, I, I enjoyed seeing him have that kind of like diner talk with with dirge you know like i you know just just any of those kind of relationships that they could establish and i think those kind of endear me to thundercracker as well because he seems like he seems like a really good guy and 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 somebody that's trying to make a mark but yet it's not like he necessarily has his his uh his nose on the pulse of things you know like for me i feel like that bit where Flame War dresses up as as Rodimus Prime in the movie, and they're like, it, it's almost like that Chekhov thing where it's like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't think Chekhov was in the Space Seed episode, but okay, I, I need to work, you know. And and, and Flame War sitting there, kind of going like, I don't, I don't think Starscream ever met with Rodimus before. And then I like how Thunderwing's just like, yeah, but we need some like popular characters to hook the viewers. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about me, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Another aspect I liked about this is um, just them trying to make a movie itself. I mean, you got like, what is it? Like Acid Storm, Tankor, and then Proxima. Like, they're his crew. And then, I don't know, them trying to make a movie makes, it, it reminds me of like trying to like film stuff on like a VHS recorder, like when I was a kid or something. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you know, you think you wrote this really cool script and you've managed to get some friends together, but then it all starts falling apart and you start rewriting stuff. And then there, there's technical stuff. Like they can't get the paint right on acid storm. And he's complaining about it constantly. And Proxima is always going on about the lighting. She's like, what about the lights? And Thundercracker's like, what the lights like? Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, it's like somebody who has like no understanding of what it's like to make a movie, even though he's supposed to be the expert auteur, yeah. you know, cause she's like going on about, she's like, you, you do understand like how cameras work, right? Like you should, you should, you need different lighting for different, you know, and you need to light your, you know, your principles and all this, you know, just whatever. And he's just kind of like, well, you know, I, I kind of know how the movie's going to go. So I think it's going to be fine. Like, you know, like, <laughs> okay. 
that that I, that specific panel like that that strikes a chord with me because I feel like that's exactly like how like stuff I used to film would like turn out where you know me someone with any modicum of like like say one of my teachers or something would say like well look like you can't film hair like there's no light like you know there's no you know this is gonna look bad but you know the auteur, like me in this example, is just like, yeah, like I got my big idea for the picture, like, and uh, like I'm talking about something completely different, like, like it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna totally like look cool, like even though you know, even though nature doesn't agree with me at this moment, like it's gonna totally like look cool in my head. I kind of knew you were gonna pick this because, like, the other thing this reminds me of is that one angel annual or whatever it was that you always point to, where they, it's yes, like the movie. Yeah the movie version of, you know, that got sold to Hollywood or whatever and how, you know, how, how sort of boneheaded it is compared to the quote unquote real life version of it. And it's like the, the, the kind of moments in this that are like the same thing is like, I, I love it. Like the, the moment where like they have the script for it and, and Megatron is in all hell Megatron and he shoots down air force one. And I, I love how it's like, it's like, Air Force One is non-sentient and doesn't have, you know, it's like not alive. And then it's like that <laughs> to like one, one soul tear streaming down like Starscream's face because he told Megatron not to shoot on it. I, I like how like it, it in brackets it suggests that Starscream delivers like that line heroically. Like, like, like <laughs> that's how you would like give stage direction to someone like play this line heroically like. <laughs> then that like that doesn't make any sense at all like and it's it's also doubly funny because in the actual all hail megatron like starscream's the one who shot down air force right one. So, right right i i like like justin said i do like his crew like i think that's hilarious i think how I, how proxima keeps asking like we're actually getting paid for this like right like like over and over again i think that's funny like and then when Acid Storm quits the production, she's like, "Like, look, why don't why don't I just like digitally like recolor you in post?" And you know, Acid Storm's like, "What? You could have been doing that the entire time." Like, <laughs> Thundercracker's like, "You're you're you were fired. Get out of here." Like, Proxima is a fairly obscure character. Like, she showed up in More Than Meets the Eye as part of like Caminus's like troop of. Uh, female Autobots, I guess. And she was, I guess, she was supposed to be like a female Perceptor kind of. But, like, I guess Barbara just kind of, like, recasts her as, like, a cinematographer here, which makes sense, considering she has, like, that lens on her shoulder or whatever. And then, you know, Acid Storm, obviously, is just another Seeker. And he just, you know, I think he he has the great line in this, like, you know, he hates being painted because he's like, I'm a green guy. Like, that's literally, like, my whole deal (laughs) is that I'm a green guy, and then, uh, who, yeah, like you got Tankor, like being part of the crew, and he also plays Megatron in it. And then I, I love that he he casts Aileron as Windblade, like because that's you're gonna laugh at this, Derek. That's like casting like Rose Tico as Ray, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like. That's like that's immediately uh, what that what that like reminded me of. I was kind of like that's that's completely off like somehow like but it, it's funny. Windblade. Windblade. I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy beautiful town. 
But yeah, like like Justin was saying, like all the dialogue, I think like when he shows the scenes of the movie like that you get to see is like hilarious. Like I, I like when they redo the scene when Starscream, like, you know, when Metal Hawk dies, but like it, he makes it out like Metal Hawk just died. Like and my like rival Metal Hawk who died mysteriously and I absolutely didn't kill like. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what else? Uh, the, um. The fact that, like, after Acid Storm is fired, like, Thundercracker just plays Starscream, like, himself and Skywarp. And he, like, just digitally record, like, he digitally, like, recolors himself as, like, Skywarp and Starscream. And they just, like, kind of, like, clone him for so they can show up in the same scene together. And, like, uh, Starscream's, like, giving that speech about, like, you know, I need, like, strong allies, like, with unique powers, like... Like, someone who can do, like, awesome, like, sonic booms, and one of you can teleport or something. I don't know. It's cool. Like, you're cool, too. Like, I like how when he talked to Skywarp, like, he was kind of indignant about that. He's like, I can teleport. All you can do is, like, make loud booms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how, like, you know, yeah, he keeps, it keeps coming up how, like, you know, in, insecure he is about his powers, or and Skywarp is just kind of, like, not having it. And then uh, at at the end, like when once Starscream goes to prison, basically, and the film is completed, Thundercracker is like handing the crew all gift baskets. He's like, "Great job, like team." And Proxima's like, "Wait, we're still getting like actual paid, though, right? Right?" Like, and Thundercracker's already like leaving. But yeah, I mean, no, know what this this also reminds me of a little bit is um the Transformers versus GI Joe like movie adaptation. And, like, that was kind of, like, Tom Skioli kind of played that really straight. Like, and this is kind of what I wanted out of that. Like, something, like, that was really, like, over the top and, like, you know, just, it's, like, so close to being right, but it's, like, off, so it's, like, hilariously wrong. There are no headmasters, like, touching robotic tongues in this stuff. No, 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 there are no. <laughs> When I first started to read this, I was kind of perturbed because this is the Optimus Prime annual, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Optimus Prime. But when I finished reading this, the you know, first time I read it, like I loved it. And I also realized how much it was needed because that Optimus Prime ongoing was pretty – it could be pretty heavy and serious at times. Like It's not exactly known for its sense of humor. So I think this was like a welcome breath of fresh air, especially like – right before the big, you know, build up to like Unicron and everything. Yeah, absolutely. It was relatively free of like, you know, characters from the Optimus Prime book that I didn't care about, like, you know, Pyromagna and Slide and like all yeah. those, like the people constantly complaining and dragging that book down. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, this Thundercracker in general in this, in IDW 1.0 is like, that's my favorite version of Thundercracker, basically. Like, and like, I kind of like agree. You know, I and Chris McFeely, as we record this, like Chris McFeely did his like basics on Thundercracker like just last week, and he, you know, he kind of points out like Thundercracker was kind of, and this is a point I've always agreed with. Like Thundercracker's always been like had an interesting tech spec and like bio, but he's never actually done anything with it. Like it, he's always been in the background. He's never really done anything interesting. And, like, I've always thought his his tech spec, his bio, were, were a good launching pad, but no one ever launched with him. And, like, you know, finally, 
Like, you know, if I have to give Shane McCarthy and Mike Costa credit for anything, they finally did something with that, like, and, you know, launched Thundercracker. And, you know, John Barber took up the baton and he ran with it, like, to a ridiculous, like, degree. But it was still, like, since it's so entertaining, I can forgive, like, how ridiculous it is. I think I think you guys make some good points because I think I think some things that that I don't particularly like about maybe the Optimus Prime run in general and some things that probably sneak their way into this annual like I I think you guys make a good point that that there was some much needed levity and I think so, sometimes I think about things probably too much, you know, like I, I think about like the Hollywood execs and how they're just sort of played for laughs, you know, in this. And and, and sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, I, I get that that spur up my butt or whatever, where I'm just kind of like, well, wait a minute, like, like, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, Starscream's a bad guy. But then, you know, the, the, these people that that wheel and deal and and you know, basically step on people's dreams and all this other shit, you know, like, oh, they're just played for laughs or whatever. But I think, I think in, in the context of, of what you guys are talking about, you know, it's, it's just, you, 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 this is, this is like, like Transformers waiting for Guffman or something, you know, like it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's this kind of comedy of errors. It's like, you know, Thundercracker's trying to base it. I mean, you know, to, to put it simply, you know, Thundercracker's trying to put on a play, you know, shoot a movie, what have you, you know, and there's all these kind of wacky hijinks. And, and on top of that, it's, it's for people like yourselves, like what, wh- whatever way you can relate to it, whether it's you, you know, you made home movies with a camcorder or you put on a play or you, you, you know, you tried to, start a little garage band or whatever it was like, however you can kind of identify with him getting his, his crew of people together to pull this thing off. And then, yeah, there are little, you know, side stories and side bits and everything within the actual context of research. But I I think, I I guess what I'm saying is I'm sort of willing to forgo that, that spur up my butt because you guys are talking about kind of like the, I guess the, the joy it brings outweighs any, any close heavy minded introspection that, that might come of, of, you know, the, the general topics of, you know, the, the sort of themes and, and, and heavy ideas that come with, with some of this latter um, comic run, I guess. Yeah, like, what's his name? Uh, Richard Ruby, who was, like, the movie producer who, like, you know, Thundercracker gets put in contact with, who, like, watches some of his movie and, you know, says, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the 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 public doesn't want stuff like this. Like, they want, you know, Michael Bay action, basically. And then, you know, it turns out that, like, Rumble and Frenzy, like, w- while Thundercracker was trying to put his movie together, Rumble and Frenzy put together their own movie and it was like a Michael Bay like explosion fest and it like bombed like terribly like in earth theaters and like that kind of like that kind of ruins like you know Thundercracker's plans a little bit to release his movie on earth but i i think it it was like sort of commentary like not only on like Michael Bay's like movies but like Richard Ruby ends up saying like look kid like the best i can do is like put it on some like you know digital platform or something 
And like, I kind of like, you know, in Thundercracker at the end, he's like lamenting to Marissa where he's like, like, man, I don't even know how to access it. I think you need like a subscription or a video game console or something. And like, I almost think that was like a veiled shot at like go 90 and like the combiner wars, like mm. trilogy or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see that. I'm like, is that even still around? No, no. And then you've got like the the George Lucas like parody JJ Hackensack like at the end who who sees it and he thinks it's brilliant and you know he he what do you call it? he basically gives Thundercracker his in like for Hollywood or whatever and that's you know I don't know if he's like you know if Barbara was like poking you know some lighthearted fun at George Lucas or what or you know maybe JJ Abrams like who knows like I mean. I, I feel like some of it is there's a little there's there's a little splash of everybody like even with the posters in the background it's like it looks sort of like Avatar so they're kind of kind of doing Cameron, a James Cameron yeah. thing you know like stuff like that so it's like you know I mean obviously probably to 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 protect themselves you know they're kind of like combinations of different you know not not any one particular you know names are protected for the innocent you know filmmaker type guys but yeah i mean i when when you said like george lucas that made sense to me but you know people could name you know jj abrams or whoever you know they could name any number of of filmmakers and and it, the i guess the beauty of it is it it probably doesn't really matter all that really matters is he's somebody who probably commands attention in that world that's not uh, you know, well, uh, you know. I guess, I guess, uh, you know, not to go to the Spurs under my butt, but that's pr- presumably not a horrible, miserable, evil scum fuck. You know what I mean? Like somebody who's probably like a nice guy and makes entertaining movies, and just leave it at that, right? And then, and then you, you know, you get to see, I guess, Thundercracker realize his dream. And and I do, I do love. The, this is why my avatar is my avatar tonight. But I, I think my favorite is when he he he's like, I mean, you're right. Direct star, you're a Cybertronian, Orson Welles. You know, like I, I love that that line. Like I think that's pretty funny. Doesn't he? French. Does yeah? And he, he doesn't he say he's like you're a triple threat, and like Thundercracker's like I think you're thinking of my buddy Blitzwing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like when uh. Thundercracker starting to Starscream when Starscream's in jail and Starscream's like, you can go back to writing fan fiction or whatever. Thundercracker Thundercracker is like, fan fiction? <laughs> he's yeah, all, he's, he's so like, taken he's aback by that. Yeah, he's so indignant about that. He's like, what? I don't write fan fiction. And he's like, you know, in his mind, he's a, he's a legitimate writer. I do, like, later on in the series, like, towards when Unicron was uh, coming out, like, you get to see, like, more parts of his Chuckles movie, because, like, he actually gets to, like, film it and, like, make it. And it's, like, (laughs) Chuckles, like, saves Jinx, like, in the movie, whereas in the comic, he has to shoot Jinx in the head, so it's kind of, (laughs) like, like, again, like, it, it, like, it seems like the stakes are so much higher in Thundercracker's movie, where... as in in the actual like GI Joe like uh, Cobra miniseries, they were exceedingly like small, like basically like basically all what Chuckles gets into, uh, you know, doesn't really at, at least in the initial miniseries, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But but well, speaking of of stakes, there was one moment in this issue though where I thought like for a second like my heart leapt in my throat and I thought there was oh. things were going to turn really bad. 
And that's when, like, Thundercracker's, like, space bridge, like, gets hijacked. And, like, he ends up on that planet. And, like, Buster starts to suffocate. And, like, I know, like, when I first read that, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's been funny up until this point. And then, like, Barbara's going to kill Buster off or something. And then that that would have, like, totally, like, you know, violent mood whiplash. But yeah. thankfully that doesn't happen. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is a pretty, like, like it, it, it's one of those things where you, you know, you, you, you get the... The, the high tension butterflies in your stomach because you're like, oh shit, Buster's suffocating. You know, like you, you, you are, you know. I mean, if 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 you have a heart, you're you're a little concerned. But I, I think my also my favorite though is I I, I do love that that last uh, well not last but it's like the second to the last page. I, I love that that shot of him and Buster on the the beach, like like just looking at the sunset and like. Buster's got his little umbrella. Well, you know, compared to a transformer, right? It's a little umbrella, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I I I like that sunset shot. Like it's a it's a sweet shot. It's like a you know a, a seeker and his dog, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's 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 nice. What do you guys think of uh, Priscilla Tramontano's art? Like, I think like for, as for this issue, I think she's like perfectly like suited to like write something or draw something like this. And I think. She she also drew the uh, deviations like what if Optimus Prime had lived and she you know she did good like matching the like you know Sunbow style too. I think sometimes they cast her on things she's not suited for, so I guess it was nice to see her like perfectly cast on a comic. I don't like the way she draws humans. I think it's way too cartoony looking. Yeah, I, I like can that, agree with that. There's a panel near the beginning where you've got like Mo, um, Fairborn, and she looks really, really cartoony. And then like one of her lieutenants, like you know, holograms into her wrist thingy or whatever, and they look almost identical. It's like the only difference is her lieutenant has like freckles and her hair's pulled back. And I was just like, Ew. like I mean, like Transformers and backgrounds and everything else. I think she does like a really great job. But when it comes to depicting humans it just uh, it just doesn't match really i don't know it that i think that's why maybe it works for mike in in the context because i i would say if if the exchange between chuckles and cobra commander had been a quote-unquote legit action comic from idw i i almost would be pulling a big country and go, what is this dog shit? Blah, blah. You know, I, 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 you know, have like a conniption fit over the way the art looks, but because for me, because I know in the context of the, the story, it's like this kind of fanciful misunderstood cinema that came out of Thundercracker's mind. It's like, a- a- anything that looks like sort of funny to me, it, it, the, the distortion in, I guess, the art for me works in the context of this story, but not. I, I could see where if if it was just something in general where I'd be like, dude, what, why, why, why do all these people have such ugly noses? Like every everyone. Yeah. Everyone has an ugly nose. Like Chuckle has a big ugly nose, and you know Fairborn has an ugly nose, and then the Kim Possible Lieutenant that Justin's talking about has an ugly nose. Like, you know, like so, I'm, I'm just like, why, why, why does everybody have? A, you know, it's like the only person who, who, who looks kind of like cool to me is, is Buster. But maybe, and maybe 
I don't know, but maybe maybe that's by design, you know, like that that the the human beings kind of, you know, may, maybe you could argue like from a from a transformer point of view, like you know, all humans look the same and this and that, and Buster's the only thing that's really of any significance to to Thundercracker. Because when you look, you know, it's funny when you look at Buster, like all the the close-ups on him and everything, it's almost like Buster is the you know within the context of an art style like this, like Buster's the almost the most photorealistic thing in the entire story. So, so maybe that makes that sequence that you said you were having, you know, heart flutters about, you know, conniptions about like when, when Buster starts, you know, suffocating, like that makes that scene work. Whereas, you know, I don't know if it's just some ugly human with a big nose, like we wouldn't care too much. Right. Like, I, I don't know. This is just me reaching, but yeah. And I, I like how they brought in like Andrew Griffith in for those few pages that showed the trailer to Rumble and Frenzies movie, like which would obviously be like you know more of a serious like is, you know affair. I'm just trying to am I am I misinterpreting this? The implication is like like Skybite had written some of that, right? Like because he's like um, a made. I, I think know. Thundercracker seems upset that Skybite is also in Rumble and Frenzy's movie, and he played like Metalhawk in his movie. So, oh, okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah. I think he's just upset that like he's like, oh, Skybite, I thought you were my guy. Like, uh, but it looked like yeah, like he, Skybite had a part in Rumble and Frenzy's movie as well. But yeah, he like Skybite plays Metalhawk in Thundercracker's movie, and like I guess yeah, like the art kind of sometimes like sometimes she kind of draws people off model, and it's not helped when those characters are also dressed up as other characters. Yeah, like, so yeah, yeah like yeah, if you saying. if you look closely in those scenes with Metalhawk, you can see it's just Skybite like dressed up as Metalhawk. So I guess the coloring doesn't doesn't help that either you know like it don't to me it doesn't look like he's dressed up as metal hawk it just looks like like you know speaking of maybe the proxima kind of warning him of the bad lighting like like maybe literally that that's a sequence in which the coloring reflects the the un uh i guess the the non-thought-out lightning lighting scheme you know because it just kind of looks like you know sky bites just lit poorly not that that he looks anything like Metal Hawk, even though, you know, like you can tell because the way, I guess, I guess to me, it's like Thundercracker has a writing style, just like, like, like Bendis has a writing style where it becomes their, (laughs) their punctuation. So you can, you know, it's like they, they repeat things ad nauseum and keep saying their names over and over again and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's funny because some of that stuff I'm sure was probably like, a trope of of the way you establish things in you know comic books to some point you know where where you have this kind of expository style of speaking to fill in readers and all that other stuff but you know they they obviously take all that to the to the nth degree you know so again it's like you know uh, spinal tap turning it up to 11 basically you know and that's that's why i was kind of like oh this is kind of like you know i i guess like i said if i had to if, if I had to elevator pitch this, I'd just say it's kind of like, you know, Transformers meets Waiting for Guffman or something like that. You know, like that's that's kind of how I'd, I'd sell it to somebody who like, was unaware of, of what it was. Like, I, I appreciate, like, I think you have to be a good writer to write bad writing. 
basically mm. like and uh, like i appreciate that like like the scene where like you know windblade like is talking to starscream in prison like in the movie like i, I like how like like aileron is kind of like <laughs> like uh she was like uh, like you said you would have to fight like face death and you have faced like death the death of prison like like it's like that i was like man that would that's something like i would write when i was like 10 or like you know 11 or something and like I, I don't know. Like I appreciate like when I can see like oh man like that that like it's weird. Like I'm like I I recognize like how bad that is because like I at one point I could have written that basically. I I I love I love in the 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 couple panels after that. Like my, I think one of my favorite is the kind you think about when you're laying on the recharge slab, or if you were an Earth human on your bed at night. You know, like, like, it's like, it's like, like, get, get it? It's got to spell out everything. Like, in Thundercracker's first appearance in John Barber's run, like, way back, like, I think when it was still, like, Robots in Disguise, like, you know, when he's first writing his, like, Susan Journier script about, like, his, like, sitcom or whatever... Like, I always love, like, how he describes, like, oh, and, like, here's Susan's, like, love interest, Josh Boyfriend, and, like, and, like, it's described, like, in the brackets, it's, like, Josh Boyfriend, who is handsome, like, an F-22, like, jet fighter or something. <laughs> like, but yeah, like, I love that shit. Like, I, I have a firm, like, appreciation for stuff that's, like, purposely bad, basically, like, so, and it's a very fine line. Like, like I said, I think you have to be a good writer to write bad stuff. Basically that that's also funny either that or like, and I was going to make this comparison eventually. Like you have to be like someone like Tommy Wiseau, like who is completely like, you know, on a, from another planet, basically. Like, I think, you know, the wiki makes a lot of comparisons between Thundercracker and Tommy Wiseau. And I think that's pretty like apt. What's the matter, fearless leader? You and Starscream look real geeky. Maybe the Autobots have such wits after all. Does he have to make that awful thunder noise? I've got a headache. And they call themselves Decepticons. I shall be avenged, Autobots. I shall the kind you think about when you're laying on the recharge slab, or if you are Earth human on your bed at night. <laughs> Star screams uh-huh. like, I did not hit you, Metal Hawk. I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I really love this annual. Like, I think if, if I did another, like, top, like, single issues of Transformers, like, this would, like, make it on there. Like, I. And I think, like, Thundercracker in general is probably my favorite, like, character that John Barber, like, wrote. And, like I said, I think it's, it's, I always appreciate it when a writer takes a character I had no affinity for before and then makes me, like, like them. And, like, he did that. Like, and it seems like he, that was his, like, kind of, like, goal for a lot of characters. Because, like, I I never really cared about Cosmos either. And, like, I John Barber made me like Cosmos, like, like Needlenose. Like, a lot of the characters he wrote, like, uh, he made me, like, like that I had never taken a look at before. 
yeah, I, I think this annual in in concert with those basic episodes on Thundercracker and Sideswipe, they really made me sit up and go, okay, as a kid, I can like Sideswipe, but if you really step back and look at it, like what did Sideswipe ever do in G1? Like that had any kind of impact? Like not much really. It's like they said he's like, oh, he gave Optimus Prime his jetpack, and that was his one moment in in two seasons. I think. You know, anytime you can take a character like that who had minimal impact and explore them in a comic is great because, I mean, as a kid, like, if you had Sideswipe or Cosmos, like, they're your guys, even though even though all Cosmos did was, like, haul guys around in space and stuff and have a weird voice. But if you can take Cosmos and put him in an Optimus Prime book and give him some characterization, some some kind of motivation, maybe some kind of unusual personality tick or something. Like, you've, you've taken a character, you know, maybe not from obscurity, but maybe from just, like, the edge of, like, what a defined character is and put something to them and made them relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that, like, and, and I'm sure this will be all controversial and shit, but whatever, I don't care. Like, John Barber's humor usually makes me laugh more than James Roberts like humor, like in lost light and like all that. Like I, I guess it's not a popular opinion, but like, I don't really care for like the scavengers, like in James Roberts work. And like, I think the reason that is, is because he, like, I feel like all of James Roberts characters are like, like sort of funny ass. Like everyone's a snarky machine. Everyone's making jokes all the time. And then when you make a bunch of characters that are like their whole purpose is to be a bunch of like snarky joke machines. Like, I don't know. It gets like a little overbearing and obnoxious. So like, I, I feel like, like Barber focused all his like humor through Thundercracker more or less. And that's why, I don't know. He just comes off a, a lot funnier and like, it's his kind of humor speaks to me a lot more than like most of the stuff Roberts wrote for the scavengers. And I mean, obviously like, you know, I'm a creative person myself. So like I, you know, I, and I, and I love dogs. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to relate to Thundercracker on those levels as well. So Mike Thundercracker has a dog. Hawkeye has a dog. Do you think if Hellcat got a dog, you would like Hellcat? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> that sounds like something Thundercracker would write. Hellcat gets a dog. A cat has a dog. Oh man, what kind of genius will happen next? That's subverting expectations. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about this annual because I feel it like it's almost under underappreciated and like. Like I said, it's definitely one of my favorite things from, like, IDW 1.0, like, continuity. And, like, I, I did, yeah, want to discuss it at length at some point. And, uh, yeah, so I'm glad you guys uh, came along on the ride. Do you have any final thoughts about it? I really enjoyed this annual, and I would say I, I always enjoyed the Optimus Prime book more than Lost Light. I think I mentioned this on our big IDW wrap-up, but I... I know. I always felt like Lost Light got way, way too up its butt <laughs> when it launched. Even, even maybe back before it was Lost Light. Some of those uh, later issues. Um, but yeah, like I, I agree with you. I think Barbara took all this humor and put it into that one character. 
and it made it bearable. I mean, like I said, Optimus Prime can be very heavy and depressing at times, and it also has its irritating characters, but I always preferred Optimus Prime over uh, Lost Light. I think... I know, I know that's also like a you know, controversial. controversial. Yeah, like, I don't care. Like, that's just what I like. I'm not saying Lost Light is awful and you're really headed to like it. I'm just saying I prefer Dalton's Prime Book, and I really love this thing. Well, since we're, since we're all being controversial, I'll just end it on. I had no idea that Thundercracker was from Northern California or that Transformers had races. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. Derek, why don't you do the usual thingamajig? If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can send us an email at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes for Transformers Tuesdays, you can check those out over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed on all kinds of apps. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. So check us out on there if you prefer. And, yeah, I think that that about does it. Thanks, Derek. So this is Mike uh, signing off. Like, I cannot tell you Starscream. It's confidential. Uh, this is Derek, Derek WC. I do declare I'm signing off. And this is Justin signing off. Noise! Hella racist. impression like i think it's like maurice lamarch or someone yeah 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 yeah, Yeah, but and he's like you know he's always like like benson's fish sticks and he like tears open the package and he's like oh my god they're even better raw and he's like (laughs) (laughs) 